Trail Tales time. Roll it! What's going on, everybody? How'd you like me yelling in your ear like that right at the beginning of the episode? Did that get you pumped up? Did that get you ready to go? Probably not. It probably just pissed you off and annoyed you and caught you off guard, but that's okay. Episode number 23 of Trail Tales is what you're about to hear. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I love to thru-hike. I love to peak bag. I really just like to walk around in the woods getting sweaty, and this is a podcast where I chat with other people that like doing those things just as much as I do. Now, this week's guest is a gentleman named Keith Wingad. He hiked the AT in 2017, and we talk about a bunch of cool stuff. We talk about his time in the United States military and how that affected his hike. We talk about what it's like to thru-hike the AT as an older hiker. And throughout the episode, Keith tells a bunch of funny stories and jokes, and I just really had so much fun with this one. So Keith, when you hear this, thank you so, so much for taking the time to come on. I hope you enjoy it, and I really, really appreciate it. We're going to get into the conversation in just a second, but first, I got to say a couple things. Hear me out real quick. Uh, first of all, those of you that listen to the show every week probably realize that this week's episode was a day late. Uh, I don't know what to say. That's my bad. The way I usually do these is I'll record the conversation during the week and then I'll edit it on the weekend and then Monday night I'll go and I'll record this introduction. I'll make the episode thumbnail and then I'll post it so it's uh, online so it's live the next morning on Tuesday morning and truth be told I had kind of a rough weekend kind of stayed out too late on Saturday night and kind of just didn't edit the episode because I was hung over on Sunday so that pushed everything back a day so I apologize you know it's it's gonna happen sometimes I promise I'll still get it out like a day later if it does happen again so sorry about that don't beat me up too much for it next thing I gotta say is iTunes reviews so for those of you that are new to the show I always read my five-star iTunes reviews at the beginning of the next episode after I get them and I actually have a couple since the last time I read them so I'm not gonna read all of them I'm just gonna read one for now and then I'll just kind of knock them out as the weeks go by because I can't take up any more time with this but okay so this one is from solo Knight. that's a good name it says first of all the title is even though he's from Vermont, and then five stars. Okay, so it says, Lol, love this podcast. Funny, I just drove through the Adirondacks on my way to and from Burlington to watch my son's basketball game, and you talk about the beautiful view I saw across Lake Champlain. Yes, I did. This was on March 24th, this review, so I'm a little behind here. Even though you're from enemy territory, my son plays basketball for umbc i don't know what team that is but okay i love your podcast driving to and from baltimore i see the appalachian trail as it crosses i-70 and one day decided to check it out i fell in love (laughs) and have been researching it and can't wait to section hike and keep up the good work and go retrievers well again i don't know who your son's basketball team is i'm sorry i'm more of a hockey guy as you'll find out at the end of this episode but Thank you so much for the review, and I'm glad you enjoyed your time here in Burlington. That is awesome. If anybody else wants to leave a five-star iTunes review, feel free. I will read it. You will get lots of friends and wealth because of that. It'll be amazing. 
And if you don't want to leave a review, that's okay too. I would really appreciate it if you told a friend or a family member or a loved one that might be interested in the show about it. Or even better, maybe you told your friend or family or loved one about it and you shared it on your social media. That would be amazing. Tag me in something on Instagram at Trail Tales Pod. Post a story of you listening to the show. I will repost it and you will become famous because I have like over a thousand Instagram followers. It's pretty nuts, people. But no, that would be awesome. Also on Twitter, uh, same handle at Trail Tales Pod. And email, of course, my favorite form of electronic communication. Send me a goddamn email, people. At Trail No, wait, no. See, I asked for the email and I, I messed it up. TrailTalesPod at gmail.com. That would be sick. You can talk some shit. You can suggest a guest. Actually, Keith, this week's guest was a suggestion that I got from somebody. Uh, Keith isn't on any social media that I'm aware of, or at least not on Instagram, which is where I spend most of my time. And uh, I would not have gotten in touch with him if somebody hadn't suggested him. So, Matt, when you hear this, thank you for that. So, yeah, send me a suggestion or just tell me you like the show or you don't like the show or whatever. Just hit me up on there, please. The last thing I gotta say real quick here is about the Trail Tales Patreon. Now, I know, I know you're sick of people asking you for money, so I'm gonna try to make this a little bit more interesting. I'm gonna use the random word generator to pick two words this time, and whatever those words are, I'm gonna try to include them in my pitch for why you should support Trail Tales on Patreon. Okay, here we go. I am clicking the generate button right now. <laughs> okay, okay, the two words, oh god, this is gonna be tough. The two words are explosion and crusade. Like, wow, okay, 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 here we go. Let's say that you want an explosion of excitement at the end of every single month. Well, you can get that by signing up for the Trail Tales Patreon. At the end of every month, I post a bonus episode and a blooper reel from the previous month. This uh, past month's bonus episode was on the two times that I've failed through hikes, that is of the Long Trail and of the Northfield to Placid Trail. My two failed through hike attempts, I think it was pretty fun. And if you want to join this crusade, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> if you want to join this crusade, I don't even... I don't even know if that makes sense, but you can do that. Patreon.com slash TrailTales. It can cost either 5 or $10 a month, depending on how much you want to support the show, and you'll get that bonus content. Plus, you can be part of the, this explosion of a community that's crusading for the trail. That literally made no sense. All right, I've used the words. Yeah, please go check out the TrailTales Patreon. Patreon.com slash TrailTales. I would really appreciate that. And even if you don't, I hope you appreciate my attempt at pitching it here. Okay, let's do it. Episode number 23 of Trail Tales with Keith Wingad, Appalachian Trail Class of 2017. Here we go. Episode number 23 of Trail Tales. Today, I am joined by a gentleman by the name of Keith Wingad. I didn't mess up the last name, right, Keith? I got that. I nailed that. Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect. Beautiful. Well, actually, one of the things I probably should ask you before we started recording, uh, I don't think I got your trail name. What is your trail name? Uh, my trail name is an acronym. It's COG, C-O-W-G, which my uh, 
daughter gave me. It stands for crazy old white guy. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Now that you mentioned that, I'm pretty sure that was in your email uh, when yeah. we were discussing some topics and stuff. That I've is... been trying to get everybody to think the C stood for charming and cute and cuddly and cunning, <laughs> but not no one's buying into that. Well, I mean, you could have you could have said that when you told me your trail name there, and I would have believed it. I'm sure you would have. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the listeners would have after the episode's over too. I guess uh, I guess we'll see by the end. But no, we should have a survey or something and get a. Uh, feedback i'll do a poll on my social media and see what they think or even better how about someone sends me an email and uh, let me know if that would be a more fitting trail name for keith and i will relay the information to him that would be sick but no keith (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for taking the time man i really really appreciate it this is great awesome so keith is a veteran of the united states military and honestly i've been wanting to get a veteran on the show for a while now because as I'm sure other people that have done a lot of backpacking especially on the Appalachian Trail know there are a lot of veterans that not only through hike but are just doing you know shorter section hikes and and day hikes and they're really all over the trail I met so many of them on my through hike and I met even more on past hikes I've done so I think it's only fitting that we finally get one on the show. So to start off, Keith, we're going to talk a little bit about your military career in just a second, but I like to start off all my episodes just kind of gauging how my guests learned about long distance backpacking and through hiking. So how did you kind of stumble into your through hike of the AT? Uh, My daughter, actually. She she was a public defender in Miami-Dade County, and uh, she was, uh, it was a tough a job that demanded an awful lot from her both emotionally and intellectually and she kind of just decided she needed a break and she was going to go hike the AT. So that was my introduction to it. Uh, She never did go except when she joined me for my last three days uh, through the 100 mile wilderness and up Katahdin. So that was one of the highlights of my hike. Yeah, for sure. That was my first introduction. Okay, interesting. And what made you decide to actually like take the or take the leap is what I should say and do the through hike rather than just kind of being fascinated by the whole thing I guess as a lot of people are and, and people that don't actually go and through hike if you get what I'm saying I butchered that question but I, I think you know what I'm saying there <laughs> yeah I got it well I got a couple of funny uh, answers to that uh, first and then I'll get on to the probably the more substantive one, but (laughs) the funny one was my wife and I have been married 47 years. um, And so if you're married that long, you tend to have uh, highs and lows. And so the funny part is one day we got into a fight and she said, go take a hike. (laughs) There's the jokes. You warned me about the jokes beforehand. (laughs) We're already getting into them. I love it. There you go. The (laughs) other one is, as you saw in uh, the material I sent you, um, I was one of the original people in the world who uh, did the Ironman in Hawaii, uh, the fifth year that they ran the Ironman uh, race. And uh, my father-in-law was there, and when I finished the race, uh, I was in the massage tent, and he came over to me and he said, in a low voice, kind of in my ear as he bent over, he says, I'm very proud of you. Don't ever do this again. (laughs) 
So I like adventure, and I promised I wouldn't do that again. So I decided to do the AT instead. And if he was <laughs> if he was alive, I probably would have uh, been the cause of his death. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> So that's that's the other. But uh, the more serious parts were um, actually, uh, you know, I'm I was 66 at the time, and so I decided that uh, like adventure, and I thought I'd go try it. And I really didn't know what I was getting into, but I went out anyway. And um, I think over uh, the last couple of years, starting from my first step, my reason for hiking um, kind of evolved. And okay. somewhere along the path, um, I decided I would hike uh, on behalf of veterans, especially disabled veterans. There's uh, about 1.4 million of us in the country. I am one of those. Um, and uh, about 22 of those commit suicide every day. And so I wanted to... Uh, kind of go out and bring some awareness to their situation. Um, it's it's uh, pretty common these days for people to say thank you for your service, um, but there needs to be more than that, I believe, and so bringing that awareness to them and maybe a little bit of uh, hope for veterans and, and letting them see that there is um, a better life out there. They're going to have a healthier life uh, if they choose to. They don't have to hike the AT to get it. Right, right. But find find their own adventures, you know. And um, it's, as you know, it's quite uh, fulfilling and rewarding to do it. And Absolutely. So, uh, those are kind of really what drove me to my ultimate reason, and that's hiking for vets. So it, from our conversation yesterday and from... Uh, a little bit of what you just said there. It kind of sounds like that wasn't your original um, motive, I guess, when you started your through hike. Is that correct? Yeah, it it really had nothing to do with my original motive. Um, you know, I, I like to tell people when you hike uh, a trail like this, and I've only done one, I'm going to start my second one here in two weeks. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk PCT. all about that later on. Don't worry. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, I, I like to tell everybody uh, when you get out there, you better have a pretty big why uh, because you'll be tested physically and, um, and mentally along the trail like you've never been tested before. And if you don't have a big enough why for doing it, it's real easy for the little injuries to be made into huger ones mentally when you say, I can't keep going. And oh, so, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, it gets to be, you know, if you don't have something pushing you along and making sure you get up when you fall down, it's it's sometimes easier just to stay down. Right, right. So what kind of flipped that switch, I guess? You know, you you, you said you started the trail not really necessarily doing it to kind of uh, raise awareness and inspire other veterans like yourself. But when did that motive kind of show its face, I guess, and, and what kind of caused that? Yeah, that's a great question because um, it didn't really dawn on me until I was in New Jersey and I uh, was going down one of our wonderful hills uh, and the trail turned to the right, kind of a switchback type turn. And my left leg kept going straight and my right one went to the right. Oh. And so I, I wrenched my knee and I've, as you saw in my information, one of my huge problems are my knees. Um, they're just uh, just nasty. I had to, as my doctor calls them, he says those are janitorial knees because when you when you're looking at the X-rays, even the janitor in the back of the room can tell they're bad. <laughs> so so they're they're pretty ugly. 
and uh, in fact, uh, just as a little sidelight story, um, my wife was uh, not violently opposed to me doing this, but she definitely wasn't in favor of it, and so I went in to see him after they had done an MRI on both of my knees, and and she was hoping that uh, he would quietly say, you can't go, and um, so he said, the bad news is you're not going to run anymore. And I asked him, well, can I walk? And he said, sure. And I said, can I walk a long way? <laughs> can I walk in mind? <laughs> all the way from one end of the country to the other? Yeah, yeah. So I told him and he goes, well, you can go until you can't go any further. And then he said the most important words that uh, have carried forward. And that is, I don't think you'll make it 100 yards. Oh, really? Yeah, which is, if I ever write a book, that'll be the title of the book. But um, <laughs> he just, uh, he laid it out, and uh, he said, your knees aren't going to support it. And so in New Jersey, when I fell, it kind of swelled up pretty bad, and I was in the middle of one of those wonderful AT rainstorms. And uh, I had to kind of limp out and found a road. Uh, it was pouring out, and finally some kid who was a baseball coach uh, stopped picked me up and drove me uh, 22 miles to another place where a guy could pick me up and take me to the airport and home I went. And when I got there, the doc, uh, you know, got me in, drained all the swelling fluids out of my knees and shot me up with steroids. And uh, we got to talking about veterans and how they really um, have a struggle. And at that point, that's when the f switch flipped. I just kind of went, you know, that's right. People who have served in the military, you know, we know each other and what we've been through, but not many other people really can relate. It's like like hiking the AT. You know, you can mm -hmm. walk by someone on the AT and you don't need to talk to them. You know what rocks they've stumbled over when yeah. boulders they had to climb. And, Absolutely. And there's this respect for each other. Um, but... You, how many times has somebody asked you that hasn't hiked the AT, oh, so what's it like out there? Yeah. There's no <laughs> way you can explain it. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what got me going. Um, and uh, it's kind of evolved from there. We ended up doing a, a video for the VA hospital system, the doctor and, and me. And, and the whole purpose of the video was to be used for medical staff to let them know that you're not treating bad knees, you're treating a veteran who has bad knees. Yeah. And that perspective has really been uh, important in the hospital system. And, and uh, now, as you know, I know you're going to get to the PC, but just a little jump ahead as I'm getting ready to go, he's been trying to get me to replace both of my knees for a couple of years. And when I told him what I was going to do, and he goes, well, I'm against it, but I'm willing to ride on the crazy train as long as it keeps running. <laughs> well, you <laughs> so proved him wrong funny. before, so, you know. Yeah. So, actually, yeah. I guess while we're on that note, did he ever, like, kind of own up to that 100 yards comment that he made before you uh, before you were hiking? Oh, we laugh about it all the time. <laughs> he's He's become quite a friend, and... And, uh, you know, when I need something, he, like I said, he just shakes his head and says, okay, well, let's give it a shot. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> Interesting. So I've, I've got my next shot scheduled for Friday morning, and um, we'll see where it takes us. 
Yeah, absolutely. I kind of want to ask you a little bit about your military career. Now, I will admit that I don't know like a ton about the military. Like I'm not in the military. I had a number of friends in college who are in Army ROTC, but you know, beyond that, I really don't know too much about it. But I am kind of curious, honestly, you know, what were you doing in the military? How long did you serve? And just like kind of some of that information, if you don't mind. Yeah, it's, I can't really tell or talk about what the military is like today because it's changed so dramatically. But when I started back in the 70s, um, you remember the 70s, right? Oh, yeah, back uh, before my parents <laughs> even knew each other, yep. <laughs> so I um, won the only thing I've ever won in my life, which was the draft lottery. So I was number one. And uh, with that lovely number, I was headed to Vietnam. Uh, and I didn't want to go. I felt like I was the kind of guy that would take a step off the plane and get shot. So I, it just wasn't on the top of my list. And so I was in ROTC um, okay. and uh, got my commission. And when I got out, had orders for Vietnam. And um, President Nixon basically called a halt to it. And so I was diverted to Italy. Um, and when I went to Italy, I was there for uh, about three and a half years, and I commanded a little contingent of American soldiers assigned to an Italian Air Force base, um, and we were custodians of some plugs that made their missiles into a really big boom kind of missile. And, uh, <laughs> it was a tough job. Um, we hardly had any time for ourselves. Um, and then I left there and uh, got out, but then got back in to go to flight school. So I went to flight school, became a helicopter pilot uh, back in 1980, and uh, flew for quite a while. I'm from Minnesota originally, and so I ended up commanding an aviation unit up in Minnesota, um, flying for them for quite a while, and then got out again. and. I went back in to fly uh, Chinook helicopters. Those are the big ones with the two blades up on top. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, so I went to a unit down in Texas, and uh, six months after I joined the unit, our unit was activated to go to Desert Storm in Iraq. So I just can't seem to get away from oh, war. Oh, man, yeah. So... Um, I and I had to go to back to Fort Rucker where the aviation training school is to learn how to fly Chinook because I was only rated to fly Huey aircraft and that war was so short that they never ended up sending me over so I was basically invited to two wars and never had to go to either thank goodness <laughs> yeah so no kidding it worked out pretty good interesting yeah. interesting so would you say that any well okay this this might be a, a dumb question because you spent a lot of time in the military obviously but. What is there anything that you either experienced, you know, while you were serving or anything you learned that you were able to kind of apply during your through hike of the Appalachian Trail? Well, there were certain skills that I learned that I never had to use. Um, I didn't have to kill any bears or wrestle any mountain lions <laughs> or anything. So, you know, some of that stuff. Not you yet. Learn... Not yet. There's yeah. lots of mountain lions on the PCT. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah. But, you, you know, you learn um, certain survival skills. We had survival training, and there were um, schools that I went to for that kind of stuff. And so you learn those skills, but I really never had to apply them. Um, uh, you learn um, discipline and perseverance, certainly, and that uh, tough days are just that yeah. tough. And you keep on, keep on keeping on, as they say. Mm -hmm. um, 
Clint Eastwood made the comment in uh, what's that movie? Uh, Heartbreak Heartbreak Ridge or whatever it was. No, yeah, no, that's I'm uh, I'm not a movie guy, so I can't really okay. uh, help you too much in that front, unfortunately. In the movie, he said, uh, when you run into situations, you have to learn to adapt, uh, overcome, and that's kind of what you just learn being in the military. So yeah, um, some of those lessons. Yeah, that's kind of what I was like going for there, I guess, because I mean, obviously, you do kind of. I mean, granted, again, I haven't ever served in the military, nor do I ever plan on it. But, you know, I, I feel like obviously you're going to learn like how to kind of tough it out sometimes and in certain situations. And I, I feel like that could definitely apply to a through hike, you know, when you're on your second month or third month or fourth month, fifth month, whatever it is. And, you know, you really just kind of have to put your head down sometimes and and uh, grind it out so that definitely makes a lot of sense yeah and i think that uh, i wanted to say something because you brought it up there and that is um flying helicopters is a really fun and exciting thing to do it can also be very harrowing and um so one of the things i learned flying them that definitely was applied uh on the at was when you get into situations uh that are uh, quite intense and a lot of stuff is coming at you you learn how to sort through issues uh, the one thing that's going to burn you the first and then the next one and then the next one so that you get out the other side healthy mm -hmm. and so I had um, just one experience going up Franconia um, where I made that less than fun climb to get up to outside the tree line and by the time I got to the top uh, the winds had picked up to about 70, 75 miles an hour, and we had horizontal rain. Oh, and man. I had been blown over, literally blown over three times. And, uh, of course, I couldn't see because we're in the clouds, so I couldn't see the cairns. And so I got off the trail a couple of times. And so that was, you know, uh, quite exciting. And, uh, and I think the military training helps you to just deal with it uh, one step at a time. And, and make the decision you need to make in order to get to the next step. So big time uh, help in that situation. Right, right, yeah. I was fortunate enough to have a bluebird day when I was up oh. on Franconia Notch. The second time, on my through hike that is. I, I've, I'd been up there one time before and I was not as lucky the first time. But it also was not as bad as it sounds like your experience was. Because for me it was just cloudy. It wasn't like really really windy or like super nasty or anything like that so you know overall i can't really complain too much about that because i know a lot of people who've been up there and in the presidentials i guess as well when uh the weather is definitely pretty sketchy up there yeah that's another thing that i think is kind of funny um you kids all use words that we older people don't like sketchy <laughs> sketchy <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a whole different uh um vernacular you guys come up with, oh, with yeah. words that are so funny so we old guys have to really pay attention to <laughs> what <laughs> well, you're talking about you might learn a couple new ones uh, by the end of this one so there you go take some notes <laughs> get a get a notepad out or something no no <laughs> um i had another question about the uh military thing see i, I lost my train of thought there um, okay. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to try to, I might butcher this, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to get it. So the last, <laughs> the last kind of a question I had about your military career and, you know, being a veteran and how that kind of affected your hike is 
obviously, you know, after you kind of had that realization and uh, decided to kind of make your motivation to help inspire other veterans, you know, like yourself, have you had any experiences with other people that were directly inspired by you or have you have you seen that inspiration come to light like firsthand at all i guess i I know i didn't phrase that too well but do you kind of understand what i'm asking there yeah no i that's that's a great question and i i i have um i've had a number of comments um and i say this in all humility but a number of them that come out starting with because of you oh nice Um, nice and so then they describe what they're doing um and it it's it really is uh set you back when you listen to it and realize that the impact is there even though you don't know it at the time um, right right and it's uh it's been very special and as i mentioned before the veterans hospital there has been a dramatic uh impact on the staff i mean i i had a problem i had to go in the emergency room um a few weeks back and and uh, I was wearing a mask, so I didn't spread my problem to the others. And the doc came in, and he says, do I know you? And I said, uh, no, never met you before. <laughs> and he says, so uh, he asked me a few questions. He went, you're the guy. And I said, I'm the guy. He said, yeah, I saw the video. That's awesome. It's really changed wow. my perspective on how I look at patients. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so very cool. Yeah. Have you uh, have you had anybody tell you that you've inspired them to go and like do a through hike or anything crazy like that? Uh, probably the opposite. <laughs> oh God, really? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you doing? <laughs> oh man, oh man. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that story is like, just so awesome and i don't know i mean i i I can't relate obviously because i'm not a veteran but you know i i feel like if you could do it man like there's got to be like plenty of other people out there that can and obviously that's kind of what you're trying to get out there to other people so no i i just think that's that's like super super awesome thanks we already touched a little bit on the age difference between us. I am 23 years old as of January this year. Keith, if I know some people get offended by this, but I'm going to I'm going to risk it. I'm going to go for it. Do you mind sharing your age? I'll be 68 in a couple of months. Okay, so obviously pretty big age gap there and I I also yeah. want to apologize in advance cuz we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the age difference obviously. I might just like butcher some of these questions and I really hope I don't like do it in like an offensive way. I guess I know because like I said, some people do get like kind of upset about uh, the age questions and that stuff. But I mean, we, we kind of chatted yesterday on the phone about it a little bit and it is honestly something I'm curious about. So yeah, just that's my little disclaimer for you, Keith and anybody else who's listening to this, who might be a little bit older. So I do apologize now, um, to put you at ease, to put you at ease when you get to be my age, you're thrilled to death to tell everybody you're that old. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect. <laughs> maybe maybe it's like the middle age, like 30s yeah. to like 40s, yeah. 50s that people get upset about it. I don't know. Oh, no, I'm I'm uh, I've got a mind of a 30-year-old and a body of a 68-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so, why don't we talk about that a little bit? So, I mean, besides the obvious like aches and pains and the physical aspect of, you know, just being an older person trying to do, you know, a a strenuous hike like this. 
how else do you think that your age kind of affected your through hike uh, differently than somebody who's maybe closer to my age? Yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing. Um, your youth, uh, I don't have anymore, and that can't protect me from problems that we face. So, you know, things like um, flexibility, um, things like we can't uh, recover from injuries. We can't recover from a day hiking as fast as you guys can. Right. You know, we get worn out quicker. Um, our... Uh, you know, oxygen abilities and breathing aren't as great. Um, you know, our, we have some problems with uh, joints that you guys don't have. You know, I, I was going down uh, Saddleback, uh, kind of picking my way down the, the mountain. And going down, as you know, is harder than going up, much to everybody's surprise. Yep, yep, I but, would agree. But uh, the pressure on your legs is brutal. And so I was literally just picking my way down these rain-slicked boulders and rocks. It was just, I couldn't believe it. And this 30-year-old guy came running. He ran down the hill. He just <laughs> ran. And I just went... How do you do that? <laughs> it's not possible. So, you know, just dexterity. We fall a lot. You know, falling is kind of cool for us. We stand, we tend to go over and after a while you get used to it and just consider it an unscheduled break, you know, when you just <laughs> lay there. So, you know, that kind of stuff is, is different. Um, you know, and I like to think I'm as strong as anybody, but, uh, you know, we certainly, uh, we lose muscle mass. Um, so those, those are kind of, it's kind of like heading into an old man's demolition derby, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> oh, geez. oh it's man, just, that's, that's one insane. way to put it. Yeah. Wow. Well, so, anyway. yeah, I mean, the fact that people like yourself are still able to go out and do these things, like definitely makes me feel good because i don't want to ever like not be able to hike anymore so it's definitely inspiring i'll say that much um one of the things that you mentioned you know uh in your in your email that you sent me before was that you seek different i'm, I'm quoting you seek different things from the trail than some of the right. the uh, younger hikers can you just uh, talk a little bit about what some of those things are and kind of what you meant by that yeah that's um uh... That's so true. Um, some of us, I think, you know, we we sort of like denial. We want to deny that we're aging. Um, we want to get freedom from that whole process. Uh, your mindset definitely changes as you start evaluating what's coming up, you know, and how much longer you got to live. And your friends are uh, dying. Um so you, you end up taking a reality check. And so, you know, getting a way to hike in a environment that is so uplifting and awe-inspiring will help do that. We try and, you know, I'm right now at 68, uh, I'm probably more fit than I've ever been in my life except for um, athletics when I was involved in them and the Ironman. And so... I feel fantastic. And so I'm taking a looking at my aging body. And I was in the gym today as an example. And a guy saw me because I'm my part of my training exercises. I wear my full pack on the Stairmaster for an hour. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, there is no more boring exercise on the face of the earth. <laughs> Probably but get some pretty uh, weird stairs in the gym oh, doing that, huh? Yeah. Hell, everybody goes by me and looks at me going, better you than me. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so they in, invariably, they ask, where are you going? You know, and so they all know right. I'm doing it for some reason. And so when I tell them and then they start asking a bunch of follow-up questions and invariably they say, how old are you? And I say 68 and they look at me and go, holy crap, I sure wish I am that do that well when I'm 60. So it is kind of a, it's one of the things that we try and do and that's to deny our aging as it, as it were. And it has an impact on other people who definitely look at it and go geez things yeah. are possible you know so it's kind of like i just said a minute ago yeah 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 so it's that's fantastic plus i think one of the things that we have to come to grips with however is we can't have the free spirit that you guys have um you know i see all you young guys out there and it's just kind of like um i'm invincible you know <laughs> And we have to go, I'm very vincible. Yeah. And so we have to abandon the it ain't going to happen to me philosophy. Um, you know, we've all been over the years eating at too many buffets and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff, sitting in the recliner. And and uh, we just have to change it. We have to realize that we need to go to an extra length to prepare. And when things go wrong, we're screwed. Mm -hmm. So... Another thing is I think one of the big ironies uh, is so here you have the trail, which is hard enough, and then you have a trail with its increased challenges for older people. And the irony is we hike slower, so that means we're out there longer, getting abused for a longer period of time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I meant to ask you that earlier, actually. Um, how long was your hike? Um, six months and 22 days. Okay. Okay. Which, which included, um, three weeks of time where I had to go off the trail, get home, have my knees drained, shot with steroids and back onto the trail. I made <laughs> oh, three trips, three trips home. That is pretty gnarly, dude. I will say. Here that we go is again. Like, gnarly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was going to, yeah, I was going to say. Another word. I got to write another one down. <laughs> Oh, so good. That's incredible, though, that you were just that determined that, you know, you just <laughs> you went home three times to get your body back in check and, and, and headed back out there. I just think that's so incredible. That definitely speaks to your determination and your your mental strength, I guess, to uh, complete the hike. That's one thing that I, I talk about quite a bit on the show is um, just, uh, you know, having a, a strong mindset in order to, to be able to finish the whole trail. So for those of you that are listening right now that are younger than Keith and are, you know, on top of Springer Mountain or going to be leaving in the next couple days, keep that in mind. Like <laughs> it could always be worse. And, uh, you know, not to mitigate anybody's problems, whether they're physical or, or mental or anything like that, but you know, it could always be worse and you really should try to take some time to be thankful for the fact that you are able to get out there and uh and do your thing i guess so i i i just think that's that's so incredible keith yeah there's may i tell you one story about getting off the trail it's it's i think it's absolutely the show's called trail tales for a reason let's hear it <laughs> so i'm in new york and uh the knees weren't bending anymore so i was having a real time trying to move my legs and uh and so I um, woke up at 5.30 and broke camp, and I hiked out of uh, the woods and found a road. Uh, I hitchhiked 
to a, a train station. I got on the train. Uh, it was an hour train ride. I made it in, into New York City. I got off Grand Central Station and I walked the mile plus down to Penn Central, hopped on a train from Penn Central, went to Newark Airport, caught a plane to Chicago, then down to Omaha. And from the time I woke up and packed my pack to the time I was in Omaha going to the doctor to get my knees drained was 13 hours. Wow. Isn't that incredible? That is incredible, yeah. What a world. <laughs> <laughs> that is something. I mean, obviously it probably would have been a little bit more difficult if you were um, not in the section of the trail with the train station right by it, huh? I'm assuming it was that. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. exactly what town was there, but I remember... North like, of Bear Mountain. Yeah, yeah. around T Tony's Deli was right yeah, there, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I remember because yeah. I, I stayed there, but I blew right by the train station. I, I'm a yeah. born and raised in Vermont, and honestly, other than maybe like some airport shuttle trains, I don't think I've ever been on any sort of like public transportation like that, so yeah. <laughs> I try, just well, try not to <laughs> try not to think about that stuff. You know, we live in just a remarkably amazing country that you can do all the things that we do. And I just, it blows me away. I kind of, every time I look at these things that happened, I just kind of crack up. Oh, no. oh, and I know you don't want to talk politics, but I got to tell you a funny story. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so the lady I was with uh, had some uh, really nice family, but she had some legal problems and I have a law degree. And so... I was, she was picking my brain for stuff. And so okay. I told her, okay. So the next day I'm out hiking and I get a phone call. So I answer the phone and she, it's her. Actually, it's her boyfriend. Oh, geez. And he has a bunch of questions that they needed to follow <laughs> up on the legal questions. So I'm, so I'm uh, answering all their questions and I'm kind of, you know, not paying attention, and I walked right by a turn on the trail, and I ended up on a, uh, a Yellow Blaze trail. So I walked about a mile on the Yellow Blaze trail before I realized I wasn't on the trail anymore. So I, and I hung up. I said, I got to go. So I hang up, and I'm going, what, what do I do? I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to walk back a mile to that. So I decided to bust through the woods, through a swamp, and intersect the trail. I finally made it over there, and I'm hiking. So that night, I'm sitting, and this is an important lesson for your listeners. I don't know what you think about this, but anyway. <laughs> so I'm in a shelter, and a guy says, ah, so we're talking, telling stories. So I told him the story, and he goes, oh, man, that, that's terrible. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, now you don't get credit for through <laughs> I said, are you oh, shitting man. me? Oh, he man. says, well, you, I mean, you didn't hike all the trail. I said, yeah. Oh man, that is that's too funny. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that is a pretty controversial topic. We, I talked a little bit about that in like one of the very first episodes. I think it was episode number four with my uh, buddy Mullet Mike. And <laughs> honestly, we um we didn't skip any sections of the trail, uh, whether it be you know an accident like that where you're you know you're still walking, or certainly not you know actually like skipping sections on the road and stuff so right. that, that is kind of funny like there's a lot of different perspectives on that but you know i wouldn't be people don't be going around saying that so and so didn't hike the trail because he accidentally got lost he still he still walked it it's not like he he was like driving up the trail or skipping yeah. sections like that you know yeah. so that's pretty well that's, i guess i would have challenged him to hike what i had hiked yeah yeah right, right? The trail. 
<laughs> for real, for real. Um, yeah, I finally just looked at him. I said, uh, hike your own hike. Yeah, really. That's that's what it boils down to, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. I kind of want to get back to the uh, age subject uh, just a little bit here. So another one of the things that you had said in that email I'm, I'm quoting is you said that you felt some comfort in that you were doing better than your body was telling you that you were doing. So can hmm. you talk a little bit about what you meant by that? Um, I think what happens is you um, focus on kind of the pains and the aches and the miseries and the, what am I doing out here again. So, And when you focus on that, uh, you miss um, some of what you're accomplishing. Uh, you don't appreciate um, what you've done and you miss some of the awe that goes on around you. And so um, John Muir uh, made the comment, don't hike, but saunter. Uh, and what he meant by that was we're not out just hiking to, you know, win a belt buckle or a t-shirt or something. We're out there because we're immersed in a magnificent environment, wilderness, and if we saunter, we can absorb it. We can enjoy the beauty. Mm -hmm. And so I missed some of that because I was, you know, kind of wrapped up in my own misery from time to time. Okay, well, that's interesting, interesting. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, that was, that was terrible, wasn't it? <laughs> For everybody listening, I, uh, I kind of blanked after <laughs> Keith answered that last question. And then, um, so there was like a couple seconds of silence. And then I, I tried to make it sound like I came in right after he said that, which is what it's going to sound like when you hear this, because I'm going to edit out the silence. But that that <laughs> in, that interesting, interesting just sounded so fake. But you know what? I it's oh, it's all my fault. Don't worry about long it. Long day. No, 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 no. Long day, long day. <laughs> so my last question kind of on the, um, the topic of, of age, I guess, is a very general one. I just kind of want to know what you would or what what kind of advice would you give to other folks who are a bit older that want to do something like this anything general specific anything at all um well I, in my preparation for my upcoming hike i have taken what i learned from the at and i hope applied it wisely and so in my preparation um i have focused tremendously on my core uh, core is everything. It's balance, it's climbing, it's descending, it's, it's uh, end-all be-all for me. Um, it ranks right up there with leg strength and, and good foot maintenance and all that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I spend a lot of time, uh, to be honest, I have not uh, hiked a single mile outside in preparation for the PCT. Um, I've been on I've been on, uh, <laughs> sickingly so, the Stairmaster pretty much uh, <laughs> uh, three times a week doing an hour or two hours at a time carrying my Two hours pack. on the Stairmaster? You've got to be kidding me. You don't Now you admire me, don't you? Don't you just think I'm the best? <laughs> I think that's more impressive than the entire thru-hike, honestly. I, I, I think it that is. probably requires more <laughs> mental fortitude than the entire thru-hike, honestly. Dude, oh, that's, <laughs> wow. You talk about zoning out, man. Oh, yeah, really. <laughs> so so between that and then I walk around the track with dumbbells, and then in every morning I do 15 to 20 minutes of planks. Now, that's insane. That That's horrible. But <laughs> 
it has made a massive difference. Um, and so I think um, the other thing that becomes a huge lesson from the AT was this whole issue of weight. You know, people obsess about weight. Oh, yeah. You got to be ultra light. You got to buy this zero down bag that weighs 0.9 ounces, you know, and on and I on wish. and on and on and on. And I on wish on. there was a sleeping bag that weighed that, that lightly. <laughs> yeah, just take out all the yeah. stuffing. So <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> or just don't bring it. Yeah, just don't bring it. So, um, don't you know, do they that, obsess people. about Please it. bring a sleeping bag. So as much as everybody obsesses about it, um, when I started... Uh, really getting serious about training for the hike. Um, I weighed 207. Um, this morning I weighed 183. Wow. So I've dropped uh, 24 pounds. And so my, in essence, uh, had I not dropped the weight, I'd have my 35-pound pack. And now, in essence, it's like having an 11-pound pack. Yeah, no kidding. It's a good way to put um, it, honestly. Yeah. And so that, you know, weight is about stress on your legs and your knees and your joints and your feet. Well, I just took 24 pounds of stress off my body, and I'm still carrying a full pack. Right, right. So what a fantastic, and it's a double-edged sword. I not only um, lost the weight, but I gained strength. And so um, it's a twofer. You know, I get yeah, yeah. two benefits by doing that. And so I, I encourage people not to obsess about weight. Certainly, it's a great idea to, you know, to buy what you can afford and what makes sense and don't carry stuff that's not necessary and carry the luxury you want but remember uh grandma gatewood and uh yeah yeah you know uh, earl schaefer these original hikers uh they weren't carrying the stuff uh, we have the luxury of carrying and they did just fine absolutely so you know it's just that kind of stuff those things are important and um uh, I think all lessons I've learned from the AT, and obviously I haven't done the PCT, so it's yet to be proven whether I was right about it or not. But man, I feel great right now. Absolutely awesome. Awesome, awesome. That's 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 good to hear. Um, so it sounds like the biggest piece of advice for older hikers then would just be to get yourself in as good of shape as possible before the hike. I mean, I mean that's that's good advice for anybody, but especially for for somebody who's older and might not be quite as robust uh, just due to their age, huh? Yeah. Well, it it makes up for some errors and mistakes along the way. Like okay. I say, the, the balance issues are critical. Um, falling is inevitable on the trail. And, and Do you, uh, Did you use uh, trekking poles, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't go home, wouldn't leave without them. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way, hiking absolutely, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So I know I just said that was going to be my last question about the age thing, but one just kind of popped into my head that I want to ask real quick. So I feel like, and this is coming from me, This is, so someone who is not older, someone who can't relate to that, but again, one of the things that just popped into my head, uh, kind of going back to what you said about how that um, 30-year-old guy kind of blew by you going down uh, the hills, yeah. you know, you said <laughs> earlier on in the episode, I feel like Maybe to some folks, again, speculating here, but I feel like that might be a little bit discouraging sometimes as an older hiker who isn't quite uh, able to hike as, you know, I'll, I'll say recklessly just for the sake of the question. Um, as a younger hiker, uh, I, I feel like that could be kind of discouraging. So did you ever get discouraged by uh, the younger, more fit or not, not even more fit, uh, just the, the younger hikers like that? And, you know, what advice would you give to somebody who 
uh, might feel something like that, an older hiker that is. Never. I never got discouraged. Good. In fact, I, I always I always laughed. And, uh, <laughs> Perfect. And and I always called out to them. Um, I, I have more fun with people on the trail. You know, there's a real humanity out on the trail that you don't see in other places. And and uh, the trail exposes people for who they are. And it's so much fun to interact with them. And so if I had somebody blow by me down the hill, I'd yell at them. I said, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> just kind of a, it was always fun. I just I had more fun because I got to be open with people. I yeah. got to be honest with them about what was going on, what I was feeling. And and I, I think we've got uh, something coming up at the end of this episode that I want to share with you about a younger hiker. Okay, um, okay. Kid named, kid named Wounded Knee who bailed me out. And so, you know, one of the huge advantages when you're old and crazy and, and got a white beard is uh, younger hikers uh, tend to take care of you. Um, okay, they watch good. out for you, which is quite special. Good, it's good. A, and It's a very special feeling. Absolutely. And I feel like that would kind of extend to just about everybody. I mean, I feel like uh, most people that have spent any time, not even through hiking, just backpacking at all, would probably agree that you know people obviously tend to look out for each other. When you when you one more age thing, which is uh, a sure, funny sure. story. One of the fun things about being older, I did this in the Ironman also, um, but it's uh, in the AT environment near the end of my hike. I was uh, somewhere down in North Carolina, and there was this young kid that kind of went by me. Well, I wasn't going to have any of that, so I kind of stuck kind of on his tail and we must have gone three or four miles and I was matching every step that he took and finally he said do you want to go by me <laughs> and I said no that's fine I'm I'm having fun drafting on you <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and, and he asked me two more times he just couldn't shake me and it was just pissing him off <laughs> Oh, so it's fun to do that you know it, it, you pay a price I mean obviously it, it wore me out but it just kind of changes the mindset and you have a good time with it and you know, good stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keith, why don't we talk about the PCT a little bit? So okay. you are going to be leaving very, very soon for your PCT through hike. Um, when, what did you say your uh, start date was again? 9th of April. Wow. So that's, I'm going to look at my little handy dandy calendar here. That's what, not even... That's like not even two weeks away. Did I do that math yeah. correct? That's eh, about 13 days, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Jeez, well, I'm glad we were able to fit this in, um, yeah. you know, before you left. So let's talk about the PCT a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I kind of want to know like, just how you're feeling, uh, you know, before you get out there. So I've only done the one long through hike. And one thing I've kind of been curious about is, how the beginning or not even the beginning, the days leading up to a second through hike, you know, you've already done one of them and now you're going out to do this long distance through hike thing again, you know, like how you would be feeling before that. Cause I know before my first long through hike, I was at least the, the like a day or a day before. And the day that I actually left, I was like very, very nervous and I just kind of want to know, like, how you're feeling, you know, going into this a second time. Um, one of the uh, <clears throat> disadvantages of being older is I have a bunch of stuff on my plate right now, which are which is distracting me. 
So I haven't been paying too much attention to the PCT. I mean, I've gotten the gear and I'm doing the training, you know, and I've, you know, done my uh, kind of schedule on where I plan on being, when I plan on being there and all that kind of stuff. Right, so, right. You know, kind of the, all the nuts and bolts are in place, but I haven't really sat down and, and spent a lot of time on it. That seems kind of strange, but it's kind of my MO for life. I don't tend to worry about much of anything, but just send it, that, just send it, yeah. Keith. There's, there's another one <laughs> sending it. So that's another one. Write that one down. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's, that's a favorite of mine. I've used yeah, that one but, a lot on the show before. Uh, I feel so educated. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mentioned this to you yesterday. Um, in watching somebody uh, just a few days ago, it dawned on me that the greatest anxiety I have leading up to the trail is that I'm not anxious about it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I feel my anxiety comes from the fact of, am I so confident in myself <laughs> because I hiked the AT that I think this is just another continuations just another hike and i i had a friend who went out who had done the at uh just this last few weeks and she went out for a 65 mile hike and she didn't make it past 40 um and in her own admission she said i wasn't mentally ready for it uh and so i think it's sort of that fear of um are we taking it for granted uh you know none of us you know i don't I don't doubt that I'm in for the time of my life and that I'm going to be tested and right. there's going to be a lot of crappy days, but it's like, I'm not, I'm just kind of casting them aside saying, oh, well, no big deal. Um, and so I'm, that concerns me. Well, I mean, I, I feel like, I, I feel like you're going to be, you're going to be just fine. I, I wonder if that'll change. You know, I know you're not too far out, you know, less than two weeks as we just established, but I wonder if that's going to change maybe like even the day before or the, the day of, you know, when you're down there in a, in, in a campo there but on the Mexican border. So is that where it starts? I believe so. Yeah. Doesn't it go all the way from <laughs> just the, that? I'm Mex just kidding. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> the length of the United States. That's uh, that's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. You know what's really cool about that? What's that? I have a picture of me standing on McAfee Knob. Actually, I'm standing on the cliffs near McAfee Knob. Okay. And I'm looking west. The distance from where I was standing to the PCT is only 27 miles shorter oh, than wow. the entire distance of the PCT. <laughs> How Isn't about that, cool? that, huh? Yeah. Interesting, interesting. So I kind of want to talk a little bit more about your training that you've been doing for the PCT. Um, this was one of the questions I had written down, and I know you kind of talked about it already a lot, you know, talking about the Stairmaster and the core training and all that stuff. But can you just kind of talk a little bit more about your actual physical preparation for the PCT? Sure. Um, I have a kind of a weekly routine, so I lop things into a week at a time and uh, I'm on the Stairmaster uh, three or four days uh, during that week uh, for an hour to two hours at a time wearing my full pack. Um, and when I get off that, uh, I walk around a track and I have uh, two 10 to 12 pound 
kettlebells and I do um, 250 to 300 curls uh, with those because I'm trying to build some muscle mass up on top. Um, and then I put those down and I pick up two 30-pound kettlebells and I walk around the track until my grip finally gives away. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, so that's kind of that part of the routine. Um, every day I start with, uh, those 15 to 20 minutes of planks, uh, followed by probably the same amount of time of stretching. Um, and then, uh, the days I'm not, uh, on Stairmaster, um, I am in the swimming pool, so my, my workout week is six days of full workouts, and then on the seventh day, I just kind of do light stuff. But okay, okay. On the other, uh, on two days, I do uh, uh, half an hour um, in the swimming pool um, and, uh, and continue with planks, etc. So it's kind of a rest up the muscles a little bit, but still work on strength and, and uh, aerobic exercise. And then the uh, sixth day is kind of the fun day. I um, play two hours of racquetball with nice. a bunch of thirds. Uh, it's great. <laughs> I, uh, I, I <laughs> That's funny. I, I played a little bit my uh, last year of college just with my roommates just kind of messing around. But that game is super, super fun, honestly. I wish I, uh, I wish I had a membership at a gym that had a court here, honestly. Yeah. Well, I play with these 30-year-old dudes, and uh, I tell you, it's intense. Uh, anywhere from 13 to 15,000 steps are taken during that period of time. Yeah. And, and uh, we we are flying around that court, and so it's pretty fun. And then I particularly like it because most of the times I beat these little guys. Oh, so nice. They, <laughs> they get pissed off at, uh, how's the old guy doing this, you know? So. <laughs> oh, that's, that's super fun. <laughs> you know, they kind of laugh when they run around the court, and they say, you just stand in the same spot. And I said, well, because the wall always comes back to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they need to stop hitting it there then. I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's that's uh, that's it. Um, I get all of my strength and flexibility and aerobic exercise and mountain climbing preparation and and core exercise. It's all done that way, and it's just been fabulous. Um, in January, I this is this is a horrible admission, but it's the truth. In January. Um, I went to a doctor at the VA and I said, I want to change my nutrition. And I'd never done it, uh, even in the Ironman. I'm a, I'm a junk food guy all the way. That's all I've ever eaten. As many and, hikers are, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I decided to change and I cut out uh, voluntary sugar. Um, I cut out all sodas, all chips. The only snacks I eat are fruit and cut my portions in half, uh, just good food. And so I've dropped 24 pounds in two and a half months. Wow. Um, and this is the most amazing thing. And for anybody who's listening who says, yeah, I can't do that because I have this, I have got zero inflammation or knee problems anymore. My doctor is absolutely shocked. Wow. It's all gone. Just gone. That's I awesome. I can play two hours of racquetball and come home and have no pain at all. So it's spectacular. Um, I feel great. Awesome. So we'll, we'll see. Awesome. That, yeah, that, that's a that's pretty incredible. Are you gonna try to eat healthy while you're out on the trail at all? Are you are you gonna go back to the the junk food, the high calorie uh, stuff that a lot of hikers, myself included, tend to eat while they're uh, on the trail? 
I think the word is revert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I maybe, you know, I don't know. It's I've tough got to eat some... fresh fruit yeah. when you're like, you know, yeah. carrying everything you're eating on your back for multiple days. So that kind of yeah. makes sense. Plus, you're going to be burning even more calories. So you're going to want a lot of uh, energy in that regard as well. So, yeah, if I was uh, Jack Nicholson in the bucket list and could have a somebody carry all my food for me, it'd be great. But no. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> That's all right. You don't watch movies. That's right. Yeah, no. I, I know Jack Nicholson <laughs> is an actor. Is he the guy that was in uh, the Cuckoo's Nest movie? <laughs> is that him? Oh my God, that's funny. Uh, yes, and the okay. reason that's that reason that's funny is when I told you I was up at top of Franconian and the winds were seventy plus. Two guys from Peru were up there with me, and I had a I was wearing a poncho that was blowing all over the place and blocking my vision, and so I couldn't see anything. So I stood on the top of Franconian in this horrific rainstorm and windstorm. And these guys videotaped me, and everybody who's seen the video says I look like Jack Nicholson and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's one of the few movies I have seen and yeah. can comment on a little bit. I, I wouldn't have yeah. even watched it, honestly, but I had to for a class when I was in high school. So that's the, okay. that's the only reason. I'm, I'm really not a big movie guy. Sorry, everybody. People give me yeah. a lot of shit for that and have for a long time, but I just, yeah. I, I, I just not into it, but <laughs> my, that's uh, okay. <laughs> my, uh, my last question here, cause we're at about an hour now. My last question about the PCT that is, is, um, what are you going to be? Oh, okay. Okay. Let me, let me, preface pref preface let, let me <laughs> let me give this a little let me lead into first. this yeah <laughs> so obviously the pct is a different beast and you're gonna have to carry different gear you know you're gonna have to carry more water in some sections and, and all that but besides like those like pct specific things um what do you think you're going to be doing differently uh this time around second through hike um than you did on your first one on the at um, enjoying it more. Um, I am going to participate more in the environment I'm in, which is, is going to make it, I think, more interesting and more fun. Um, and I think being more a part of a tramily, for those who don't know, a trail family. Um, <laughs> my, my favorite cringy hiking term, tramily. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, just stuff like that. I think as far as, uh, the rest of it, I've got all the gear I need. Um, and for listeners who don't know, I went through the entire uh, AT with zero. Um, I went through with zero blisters. And the reason was I wore toe socks. And I couldn't have ever imagined wearing toe socks, but I wore toe <laughs> socks. I mean, it's such a whatever. So um, <laughs> No judgment. <laughs> no, none at all. None at all. So I, wear, I wore those and that kept my um, toes from rubbing together and... And I covered those, uh, you know, up with uh, darn tough socks. And that was the end of it. I didn't have a single blister. It was the happiest time of my life. So. Interesting. Interesting. So those those are uh, invaluable. Um, I think I may have mentioned to you the other invaluable piece of gear. It cost me a dollar. Uh, it's a plastic oh. bottle that old people use as pee bottles so we don't have to get <laughs> out of our sacks at night. <laughs> That's not a bad yeah. idea, honestly. I could have used one of those when I was wrapped up in my hammock. Honestly, I yeah. ended up getting out like at least once a night when oh. I was through hiking to to take a freaking piss so yeah that's uh maybe maybe i should look into that for my next well it's as well. it's all you got to do is make sure your aim is good yeah. and you don't <laughs> fill a damn thing up you got it made 
you know, oh, but so uh, when you get a little older, um, we pee a lot. Older people pee a lot. And so uh, that's a very important item. And the other part is when you're older, you can't see for shit. So in the middle of the night, you got to pee and you bump into everything if you head out. <laughs> you just can't do it. Oh, man. Oh, man. That is so good, Keith. We're kind of getting towards the end here, but we still have time for my favorite part of the show. That is story time. The show's called Trail Tales after all. So I know I gave you a little bit of a heads up yesterday, and it sounds like you kind of have a story uh, in queue that you want to share with us. So uh, let's hear it. Yeah. As you know, there's a million tales to tell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, I picked the one that was the scariest and the most uh, invigorating at the same time. Okay. Um, I was uh, uh, heading uh, from Saddleback, or I was going through Saddleback, and so um, I was at uh, Poplar Lean-To, and uh, that was my destination on the day. And so... Um, I had made that horrific climb up um, the uh, mountain to Saddleback, and as I was going up, it was raining, um, very steep, as you may recall, yep. uh, some boulder scrambles where you were clinging to it like a Spider-Man, hoping you didn't fall off the back of the dang thing, and um, it was it was pretty frightening, lightning around me, oh. uh, my, knee, my knees were killing me, um, and I couldn't breathe. Uh, that was the part that really was frightening me because about every, oh, 30 or 40 feet, I felt like I was going to have a heart attack. Um, and so I was scared. And I don't, I don't scare easily, but I was scared. And I was thinking about walking off the trail. Um, I was about in the spot where J Jerry Legay disappeared. If yeah, I was going to say that okay. was right in the, in the that area was there. Right there. Yeah. So right where Jerry Legay disappeared, um, the spot where the Navy SEALs have their mountain training area, that's where I was. And so um, there was a section where I thought I was going to have to climb to the top of, uh, I can't remember, was it Adams Mountain or whatever it was, Mount Adams or something. But um, fortunately, it was a blue section, so I didn't have to hike it because I thought, geez, if I got to go up there, I'm going to get nailed by lightning. And yeah, so I was I was about ready to quit, and this kid comes by me. His name was his trail name was Wounded Knee, and he talk about being put in your place. He said, "How you doing, old timer?" <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> up yours, kid. <laughs> so I said, "I'm doing shitty, to be honest with you." And he goes, what's up? And so I, you know, ran down the list and uh, I said, the bottom of the list is, I don't know if I'm going to make it to Poplar uh, lean-to in time to find a spot. In fact, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to. Uh, and he says, I'll save you a spot. Oh, wow. I'll be damned. So he headed out and, you know, I continued and and eventually made it to the lean-to just as of getting dark. And sure enough, the place was packed right in the middle of the shelter was my spot. Oh, he had it nice. saved for me. So it's unbelievable. Yeah. So um, I continued on hiking uh, the next morning. You know, you got the wonderful uh, saddleback threesome that you got to climb. And uh, I was going to the, to the third one, and I was about ready to start climbing. And up over the top, I saw 
the most recognizable $5.99 pair of paisley shorts you've ever seen in your life <laughs> that was worn by a dear, dear friend, and her trail name was Sweet Spot. Well, I had bailed her out a couple times on the trail, and she had bailed me out once, and, and I was in need of being bailed out again. So she came over the crest, and I yelled, Sweet Spot! I mean, she's like 200 yards away. Mm-hmm. And she looks down, and she goes, Cog! <laughs> it was just kind of like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so in the middle of nowhere, here we were, um, and she just carried me up the hill, basically. It was wow. so fantastic. Um, and then I was hiking down Saddleback uh, uh, on my way into town on Rangeley Lake, I guess. I was going into Rangeley, and uh, um, my wife was supposed to meet me down there. And she got all messed up and went to the wrong spot. But Wounded Knee ran into her. And as her habit is, she says, have you seen an old white guy up there walking along? (laughs) He says, oh, yeah, he's coming behind me. And she says, well, I'm supposed to meet him. He goes, well, not here you're not. You're supposed to be over there. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just a whole, whole amazing experience that was scary and remarkable and showed all of the humanity of the trail and all of the challenges of the trail. It was just spectacular. Awesome, awesome. amazing. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, just the fact that people look out for each other out there especially you know once you've gotten to know some of the hikers that you're around so yeah that's uh that's so incredible keith i think that's pretty much gonna do it don't hang up on me quite yet but uh yeah i think uh, i think we're gonna wrap this up just in time for me to go watch my beloved boston bruins play the florida panthers so i'm looking forward to that i don't know if you're a hockey guy but i certainly am up here in vermont so i'm good good time i'm from minnesota you know we used to have a hockey team there (laughs) we got the minnesota wild (laughs) yeah you do you actually have a a guy that played on the bruins uh ryan donato just got traded okay but Anyways, I will spare the listeners all the NHL talk, but Keith, thank you so, so much for taking the time and come share your story today. Thanks to Matt for getting Keith and I in touch as well. Matt, when you hear this. Um, So yeah, I think that's going to do it. Just thank you so much, Keith. And thank you to everybody listening. Have a good one. Thanks. Take care.